0: What do you use in your beard? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Cool story, bro. Check out Jim Bob's Grizzly Beard Care today. None of their products have fillers, just all natural ingredients both beneficial for your hair and your skin. The oil absorbs readily into the skin and does not leave you feeling slimy. Beard oil, beard kits, beard merch, beard product, beard whatever, they got it. JBGBC.com today. What's happening, everybody? Jukebox Ginger in the house. Got my co-host, brofiki with me. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm great, dude. Thank you so much.
1: Another episode. I'm ready.
0: Another episode doing. in the lounge and the with lounge. us is none other than John. How how do you do your last name? Because I, I kept, like,
2: mispronouncing <laughs> it. So it's Zirkle. Zirkel. Z-I-R-K-E-L. Chances are you may have seen an additional last name because legally I have two. But I just go by the one. <laughs> so it, and your so your middle name, you have two middle names, correct? Is it is it Christopher Russo? So Christopher and then Russo is my Russo. second last name. So oh, I have man. two <laughs> is Russo and Zirkle. But to make it easier on people, I just cut it to Zirkle. Makes sense. That makes yeah. complete sense. Um, so how did that come about? Like the the story behind the four names? <laughs> so <laughs> my mom's last name is Russo. My dad's last name is Zirkel. When I was born, my mom was involved in acting and wanted us to get involved as well. So she kept her, made a name for that. Right. And then back then in New York, a lot of times they would call auditions in alphabetical order. So mm-hmm. she tagged her last name onto the other one so that we came up first in the list before Zirkel, because that's dead last. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. That's so. That just sounds like a cluster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, I guess it works. It's all I know. Yeah. Yeah, so
0: uh, um, I was looking at your your IMDb a little bit. Um, I'm guessing it's not updated because you're not in uh, Jersey right now.
2: No, I'm not in Jersey anymore. Uh, Moved out to LA, obviously, for music, like most people. Uh Um, But I do miss it. You know, I may not be in Jersey, but I'm still a Jersey boy at heart. So um, I'm glad to be here, but I also miss there.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I've traveled a lot, and um, there's no uh, you know, where you grow up, you're always gonna miss a little bit of it, you know. Yep. Marcy wants to say hey, it's a, they said they found you, so
1: there uh, we go. Marcy Mouse, right on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so you were pretty young when you asked for a guitar, so I'm guessing,
2: did you come from like a very musical background? Nope. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Neither of my parents play instruments. They've both tried. They've both failed. Um, but when <laughs> we were very young, um, my dad and mom always took us to concerts. So being from New Jersey, my first concert, I was like four years old was Bruce Springsteen. Oh, wow. um, I've, se- I've met, seen him I live. Saw Bruce Springsteen like three more times after that. I saw Kiss a few times. So it was always something I saw as at least at that age. Wow, that's, you know, cool. I want to be able to do that. So, Asked for a guitar, got a guitar when I was six or seven years old uh, for Christmas. Started learning how to play. My hands were way too small, so it was difficult. Then we moved, so I put it down. um, And my brother had been playing drums, so I was like, oh, I want to play drums too. My mom said, you know, I got you this guitar. We paid for it. You're going to learn guitar before you learn anything else. So thankfully, they kind of pushed me back into guitar when I was like 12 or something like that. And here we are today.
0: That's, that's awesome. See, I never, I've never been musically talented. <laughs> hey, you I just gotta learn either. Yeah. I, 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 I can't sing either. Nope. So I just, I just listen to death metal cause it's easier Just yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> I tell you what, if I didn't know how to play an instrument, knowing how hard, like I see people struggling learning it when they're older, uh-huh. I don't know if I would pick it up now, but thank God I learned it when I was younger. I do wish I practiced a little bit more though. I got, I, I started focusing more on writing. So while I always wanted to be a shredder, I'm just not there. <laughs> what were you going uh, to
0: say, Jesse?
1: I, so I was a choir kid in high school, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, and I can sing as good as a single dad in the shower and in the car as I possibly can. There you go. Uh, I, I'm very good at, you know, butchering some notes but i i try i, I try really hard that's, all but that's do. why i enjoy going to because you guys can sing as loud as you want to with the amps and i can sing and no one can hear me singing and so you know that works out for me i i think mm-hmm. works. i actually had a cover band in high school uh and we played a couple songs and that's about as much so i could play mm-hmm. the quiet things that no one knows by brand new on the bass and on the chords chord guitar <laughs> whatever i don't even know what you call that. So. <laughs> The you know but that's about it you know the
0: four chord guitar yeah, uh, yeah that's yeah, the bass I, I believe you go
1: and, and then i didn't realize that in the chorus there were two singers for like 10 years <laughs> so i would take a very deep breath in and try to hit every single word i'm like how does he do this
0: <laughs> 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 you know it's i've always wanted to learn the saxophone but i've never had the energy Ooh. to do it I, I love the sound. I it,
2: it. I couldn't get the the whole breathing different mm-hmm. thing down. I would love to learn violin though, because I think that's an, an an instrument that a lot of artists use but don't actually play themselves. Like, like everything has oh, strings.
1: Think right? yellow card.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right, they have a violin. They have yeah. a violinist live. Violin. He's great. I saw them live twice, and yeah, he kills it. He rocks out more than most guitarists I know. H-
0: have you heard of uh Josh Vietti? Yeah, oh, yeah. he's 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 all instrumental, but he, his violin skills are impressive. Yeah,
2: and then <laughs> there's the girl in uh, I, I'm missing her name, uh, Skillet, who plays violin too. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I can't remember. Um, okay.
0: uh, yeah, I don't know her name. I, see, yeah. I know bands. I have a hard time with names of band Same. members. Same. <laughs> I, I have a hard yeah. time
2: with song names now. There's records I've been listening to since high school, and I cannot tell you the names of the songs on them, but I know I like them. Uh-huh. You know, the like way, uh huh. Even like bands that you bring to, like A Day to Remember. Oh, yes, yeah. like my, like I can name the stuff off of, you know, with like if it means a lot to you and that record, but the ones mm-hmm. after that, I just listen to. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I know, Second Sucks, Sticks and Bricks and all that, but yeah, not a good memory. I think the, <laughs> This
1: would be the first question I have then just on this topic. Like, what are you listening to right now? Like, what are your, like, top five repeat songs? Or, like, what are your go-to every day? Like, in the car? Yes, so
2: right now, I'm trying to find more newer music. I noticed for a while there, I kind of got stuck just listening to what I like. Okay. So things like like the New State Champs record – Okay. Uh, water parks, a lot of great like up and coming female pop punk artists coming out. Um, kind of had to break away from that 2000s emo music I was listening to too much of. You start to get stale in your writing if you don't advance. Yeah. So, yeah, a Fair. lot more pop punk. But then, you know, I do love from first to last and, you know, a little more angry stuff, of course. Oh, yeah. Okay. It, what is
0: um? is there a genre that you like that isn't really a popular genre anymore?
2: Um, I would say grunge. And the reason I would say that, because while it seems like it's popular, I feel like a lot of people just use the term grunge uh-huh. and no one's like really listening to like Alice in Chains and Stone Temple Pilots and, right. you know, Mud Honey and things like that. So yeah, while, while it's a genre that is relevant, at least in the pop culture, how people want to look clothing wise, I think mm. that genre is. As sound is kind of overlooked now.
0: Yes. Like, um, how old? How old
2: are you? I'm
0: 30. Okay, so oh. you're like the end of the the age group now that actually still remembers what grunge is.
2: Yes. I, so Alice in Chains, despite what we play, is my favorite band of all time. I've seen him four times in concert.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Lo, sadly, not with Lane, but the last one was with Corn and Under Oath, and that was a sick show. Ooh. Yeah, that was a
0: yeah. while ago. I've seen Corn a few times. I've not seen Underoath. I do like him. I've never seen him, though. Yeah. Oh man, Underoath just came to
2: Utah. <sighs> the only thing was when we saw them, they it uh, was when they came out with like their latest record, and they were having like different problems with their beliefs, and mm-hmm. so they didn't play any old songs except two. They pretty much just played the most recent record. So if you really wanted to hear those songs, you didn't.
0: Yeah, I saw um. Uh, Van Halen live oh, with Cool wow. uh, in the gang, but it wasn't the uh, all the original members. And you know the, the singer used to just jump around, do flips on stage, yeah. and now he was basically just shuffling his feet and holding the mic. That's all yep. he was doing.
2: <laughs> and don't they also like they don't sing each other's songs? The two mm-hmm. singers. Yeah, that's I saw when Anthony Green rejoined Sayosin They didn't do any of the Cove uh, Reaver songs. Mm -hmm. They just did their seven songs from MySpace and two new ones. It was that was it. Nine songs they were off the stage.
1: (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that. I just met Anthony Green. But it's
2: interesting. Sin and Dead American, which is Cove's new band, are on tour right now. And I think that's kind of odd. That is. He posted a thing (laughs) about it. It was just like a post (laughs) and it said, Well, this is happening.
1: So I have a story for you, real quick about this.
2: Is it the one that I was there for?
1: Yep, yep. <laughs> well, I haven't heard
2: it.
0: Bring it on.
1: <laughs> oh, this, this is bad. This okay. is bad. So <clears throat> a Red Jumpsuit comes through, and Wildfires is there, and so is Dead American. It's the first time I even heard what Dead American was or who it was.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, jo- John introduced me to John Roman, who was doing yep. her merch at the time. And John Roman was playing the drums for Dead American, I believe, <laughs> on that tour. Yep. So this is back in like... December, It's it was the middle of December of last mm-hmm. year, and I'm like sweet, I already did photos for Red Jumpsuit you know, I became friends with John Espy and then I got John from Wildfires, and I mean, John Roman I'm like, we're John Cubed over here like, of course I gotta meet you guys, and he's wearing a flannel shirt, I'm like, you're super yeah. cool, I like it let's, let's go meet these guys so, I'm outside, and this girl is crying at the Metro Music Hall, and I'm like hey dude, like, are you okay, like, what happened you know, whatever, and Cove walks up, and we're talking, and I'm like, hey, I'm Jay, he's like, hey I'm Cove, and I'm like, oh, that's an odd name I'm like the only cove I know is Cove of Reber with a B. I even butchered it. And I said, Yeah, and he's the lead singer of Sayosin, and he'll never be Anthony Green. And he's like, it's Cove Reber, and, and Reaver and Reaver. And that's me. I'm like, no, it's not. And I was kind of intoxicated at the time. You know, had a few drinks, I was done working. And he pulls out his ID and shows me his ID. He's like, I am Cove from Sayosin. And I'm like, I'm just messing with you, man. I know who you were.
2: I did not. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Uh, he's frozen now. Yeah, he's frozen. He, he'll probably it's pop like off the and worst, back on. The worst story for him to end on. <laughs> you can finish it for him. No, no he he called <laughs> him, He tried backtracking after he screwed up his name, and then he came to me after. He's like, oh, dude, I just made the worst mistake. I love Seosin, and I didn't think it was actually him, and I was trying to make a joke, and then I realized it was actually him, and I was like, yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> are, you, are you back? I
1: did, I did come are... talk to you about that. I'm like,
2: yeah, I, don't, I <laughs> yep. have no idea what happened.
1: But then I went, so then Anthony Green came May 30th through mm-hmm. Metro Music Hall and I talked to him after the show about it and he just laughed and I'm like, dude, I'm not going to lie. I love your Seos and stuff, but I had a really hard time with Circus Survive, but like, I love your stuff now yeah. and I just gave him a hug and it was just a cool thing. And I'm like, isn't it weird that I like, I've liked Sin since like 2003. Like I had a burned EP, like CD before they even had EPs. And I'm like, I have your oldest stuff on this CD. And he's like, really? (laughs) I'm like, yeah. Like, I know these, do you remember Autumn Roads in in Maricopa? Like, that was my brother-in-law's band. And they like, you you guys met each other way back when. And I'm like, yeah, it was just like super cool. I'm like nostalgic. Like, I got to meet both these guys. And then I just learned real quick, like, maybe do your research on the bands that are coming through that you're going to take photos of moving (laughs) forward. (laughs) But yeah, seriously, though, when John came in with Dead American this last time, uh, he was sick. And that was like, and it was right after he got hospitalized on the tour. And oh, so like yeah. I went and grabbed him a bunch of cold medicine and stuff and took it down to the venue. I'm like, what do you need, man? I got you. Like, are you hungry? Like took him like <laughs> cough syrup and stuff. And so they were super cool. I got to sit on stage the whole show and got some of the sickest photos ever. And it was great. So nice. even though I botched it, Cove, like still, still hooked me
0: up. <laughs> was great. I do, before we get too ahead of it mention you, well, you mentioned Bruce Springsteen. Yes. And when I was listening to Reverse Order, yeah. I actually kind of heard a Bruce Springsteen Spring kind of sound to it. It definitely had that American rock feel.
2: Yeah, there's one song specifically that I remember writing in college. I'm st- You found the old band. Look at that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do my research. Jesse did. I told him, I was like, whoever comes yep. on, I do my research. Yep.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, there was one song that was specifically off. Uh, it-, it was I don't want to say modeled after, but strongly inspired by a song, um, Fire off of Born to Run, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's just like that more kind of folk rock sound. So the thing with that band is we were young and we were struggling with what we truly wanted to sound like. And that's one of the reasons um, we kind of dissolved it is because, you know, going through high school and even younger and older, we didn't know it. we liked pop punk and then we're like, Oh no, this song's really cool. Let's write A record like this and this, and it just got super convoluted that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you'll hear a lot of different influences at that time.
0: Yeah. It's uh the, and the piano in it. I, I love mm-hmm. the piano sound in it too, yep. it, which again, like you almost, you almost had that pop punk, like vocal sound yeah. with that American rocks, you know, I feel like the
2: song you must've heard was everything beautiful. Cause that's like the real piano. Kind of one, but ah, you you figured it out. So <laughs> <laughs> way to go! Just bring
1: it up the past jukebox. Hey, that's, <laughs> that's what we do here, man. We, know, we learn about true. the
2: artists. So
0: um, okay, so that was with your brother, correct? Yes.
2: And was was it that the band and the groomsmen, or was that just you? So that was just me. That was um, that was an exciting moment because that's like the first time that movie I landed a role that was good. And the guy who plays my dad is Shaggy in the Scooby Doo movies. He plays Ghostface in like the first Scream movie. So it was really cool to meet him. And um, in that movie, it's like we were rehearsing. It was me and my fake brother and him. We were practicing a song and it was like some 80s lover boy song, but it was supposed to be Foreigner. which obviously people don't know that. So we had learned it. We practiced it. We we're ready to go. And they're like, Hey, we can't get, you know, the licensing for it cheap enough. So we're going to have to do this song instead. <laughs> um, but it, it was fun. It was a cool experience. I think it was one of Brittany Murphy's last movies. And it was, just a, it was very casual that set, which was nice. Right. Yeah. And you, Brittany Murphy. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's she had a lot of good films, actually. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> um, You were, you were also very young. Like you yes. got a
2: casting role very young. That's, and you were in Jersey. So how'd that happen? <laughs> so, you know, New York obviously is another big hub. the The main difference between New York and L A. is L A. Everyone will see you and tell you you're great, but they'll lie to you about that. In New York, mm-hmm. most you don't get in the door at many places, and when you do, they're going to be brutally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was. Okay. Acting in New York at the time, and I do wish I stuck with it. You know, my mom, like I had said earlier, got us into it and did a lot of extra roles and we just keep going and going and going. But um, I lived like an hour and a half away from the city, so I got burnt out really quick at a young age. Mm-hmm. And when I had the opportunity to choose music or uh, film, I I kind of just like butchered my last audition with my agent because I was stupid. I was 17. And I wish I didn't, I'd love to get back into it at some point, but you know, at the time and even now music was my passion. So that's what I chose to go with. I mean, you've made a, a pretty successful career off of it. So <laughs> yes, I guess so. Um, I'm <laughs> I, having fun. Hey, so I that's got what to see matter. you a
1: couple times.
2: Yeah. I do want to share this real quick. I was, does, yeah. Like, I just where, saw that pop up.
0: Where do you think the music industry is headed, especially with bands using backing tracks? So it's this, disingenuous yeah. and yeah, you, know, you can't play yeah no.
2: i think there i think it's a uh there's two sides to the the issue there um i think certain bands should be able to accomplish this like if you're a punk band and you're just two guitars bass drums vocals you know you shouldn't need a backing track if there's no other instruments mm-hmm. um, but on the flip side if you're writing you know say music like nine inch nails he has nine members on stage a small band can't pay nine people to be up there so i think a lot of it has to do with what people can afford who they can get especially now since you know COVID kind of just crashed the whole music market um so you know i think it's we you know a lot of times for us we only have three people going out on the tour because just finding someone who could leave a job for three weeks is impossible. Um, right. So I think it's more or less just has to do with the level of artists and preference. Um I like a lot of the music that's coming out now. What I especially like is that genres are merging. Yes. Um, you'll see, you know, people at a super heavy, heavy metal show or something like I saw architects a few years ago and then I saw those same people at like a pop punk concert, you know, a year later. Right. So that I really do enjoy. And I think, you know, it's a performance. You just got to put on a show for the fans. If the fans enjoy it, that's what matters.
0: Yeah. Uh, There's got, and and the the thrill and the rush from that experience of of the fans being happy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If anything, I'd say, whatever you are going to play, play it well. You know, if you have to do other things, you have to do other things. I agree with Steven. Backing tracks keep you super tight, especially for the drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, even if we don't have a track playing, we do have a click. Just because it's it's just... the music. The music that's out now has become so perfect by computers and timing. If you can't get that perfect live, people will notice. Yeah. Even me, like, Alec... <laughs> And it sucks. I'll see a band I'm like this band's great. But that kick was like one beat at a time.
0: Well, yeah, you probably noticed those things. It's, I mean, being an artist.
2: Yeah, it's like when I took uh, I went to a trade school for high school and I took communications. And when they taught us about different camera angles and screen shots and things like that. The next year, when I was watching movies, everything was like, oh, that's an extreme close up. Oh, that was a great pan. Oh, man, that was a good zoom out. Mm-hmm. It's like you couldn't enjoy it because you were just like focused on the tech behind it.
1: Yeah, I I can relate to that after working so many shows just with photography or like helping set up or tear down it like it took me probably four months to acclimate to actually just enjoy a concert where I'm like, let me get my camera. Let me take photos. You guys need help. Can I help with anything? Mm -hmm. You know, and and so I would say the first concert I actually enjoyed was the bleachers that just came through here in June, but like the last three years I couldn't. Has that affected you? Can you enjoy shows now?
2: um i i of course enjoy shows if you know i didn't i wouldn't go to them but i understand what you're saying a lot of times yeah, just, just kind of that mindset of like working i find myself or like, more or less analyzing that's like, everything that's going on even from an artistic standpoint like okay, okay why is the crowd reacting to this part of the song what did he just say you know over the mic that made people react so it's like i'm i'm enjoying it but i'm still at work because or yeah you're still okay because i'm okay. learning while i'm there. <clears throat>
0: Now you went to uh, you went to college for marketing uh, for mm-hmm. the music industry, correct?
2: So when I started, it was a double major: music industry and marketing. But then um, we were playing so many shows, I transferred out, and I did online school. They didn't have a um, music program, so I just went business full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad I got the degree. At the same time, I haven't really used it, but <laughs> it's there. <laughs> I mean,
0: is there things that you learned in that? Oh, first off, Mark Tremonti is a guitarist uh, from Alter Bridge, and now singing Sinatra songs.
2: I love Mark Tremonti. I saw Tremonti, Alter Bridge like after their second record came out. I saw Creed twice in one weekend. Um, hey, if he can sing Sinatra, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Do you
0: think that, that doing that as a as a uh, college degree or going to school for that has affected you negatively at all in in, in your music?
2: As far as the music, I don't think it's affected me negatively. Um, For all the business things that I do, um, obviously that helped, you know, starting the show, starting the band. A lot of the things I do is Mm. self-run. But I'd say the biggest education I've gotten is just doing it. Um, You know, the TV series I'm working on the first season, I literally had no idea what I was doing. Four seasons later, I've kind of figured it out.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> I just—it's funny because we talk about, um, you know, critiquing and all that stuff. But and I, that's what I did when I first started this podcast. Mm-hmm. And the more I got into it, the more I realized the critiquing part of this show took away from the genuine aspect of it. So I've mm-hmm. gotten more relaxed yeah. and more, hey, just let it flow. Yeah. And it's gone a lot better. And so yeah. I guess for for this aspect of it, it's polar opposite. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And I think actually one of the things I learned from being in the, the small uh, time I spent in the actual music program is I, I felt like a lot of people who were in that program started becoming, um, I don't want to say stale, but stagnant in what they were doing. They were kind of just okay doing, you know, open mic nights. They were okay with the prospect of becoming a music teacher and I was like, I don't want that, you know, mm-hmm. I want to actually do something and nothing wrong with music teachers. Obviously, you know, I took lessons they're They're a big part of things, but that's not what I, my direction was. I didn't want right. to get out of college and just teach. I wanted to get out of college and do something big. Um, so I'm actually, I think I'm glad that I made the transition over to fully marketing because I may have just been absorbed into that crowd. Right.
0: I did a culinary school, um, I did two well, years that's ago. good. Yeah. And then so I left culinary school and had a degree to go do another four years. And it was either that or take a sous chef position right off the bat, right out of that two year yeah. you know degree. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna take the position and roll with it. And I mean, yeah. I don't even do that industry anymore, but you know <laughs> the, on hands, well. the on hands definitely has helped me in my resume more than the actual schooling has.
2: Yeah. So. I would agree. What what kind of food was your specialty?
0: You know I didn't have a specialty. I could uh, for our I was all about the presentation more than I was about the I mean the food gotcha. had to taste good but the presentation and the experience of people enjoying the, the meal you made was awesome to me. You I eat remember, with your eyes first. Yes. I mean, if it tastes like shit and it looks good, it doesn't matter. They're going to come back. Uh, that's true. But if it tastes <laughs> good, then it looks good. Presentation
1: is everything. Oh, so that, would that be equivalent to like having a good stage performance, but ha- not having a good voice on track? Like, I've, had, <laughs> I've experienced that a few times. Like, oh, your albums suck, but you're amazing live. Ooh,
2: vice versa. I mean, I, oh, that happens that more often
1: than not.
2: There <laughs> bands I just didn't like care much for on the record when like my brother played them and then they happened to be opening for another band. And I was like, you know what? I don't listen to them, but. Mm-hmm. Their live show is crazy. Like, yeah, and Cambria, great band. A lot of mm-hmm. people love them. I never got into them, but I've seen them twice, and both times I've seen them, I yes. was like, "This is a Same. fantastic show. They're amazing." Same. Same. <laughs>
0: uh, that. Let's throw this in there. It says, uh, "You learn a lot of don'ts in the music business uh, the hard way." He said, "Can't teach you that at school." Yep. Uh, yep. He yeah. is uh, actually a Stephen Phillips um, from the Morning uh, Dish. He actually was in a band. Uh, he doesn't do it anymore. Uh, but uh, he was Southern rock kind of nice. country style to it. A uh, great guy. But um, yes, I've seen Coheed with uh, Trivium and Slipknot and Trivium oh, wow. blew me away. The Slipknot the, wasn't that great.
2: The they, were, they were okay. Lineup. I, well, like, genre, I saw them with Taking Back Sunday and The Story So Far. So <laughs> yours mean, went the, with really the other direction. Ooh, I like to question that. Daniel just posted. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you can go for it. I mean, I saw the Rolling Stones in high school, which actually (laughs) no one believes me. Kanye West was the support act. It was Kanye West and the Rolling Stones. Um, I know it it just, at that time it was like his first record in my head. I was like the price range for these two artists and fans buying tickets has got to be like people were seeing Kanye then. I can't believe they're playing Rolling Stones tickets, Yeah, but um, I mean, they were great. You you wouldn't even be able to tell other than how they looked, that they were old. Mick Jagger freaking ran around the whole stage nonstop for two hours. (laughs) Um, I think, I think as long as you can do it and do it well, why stop? You know? Yeah. So
0: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, So I want to kind of transition to your California life. Yeah. Um, did you start the anti-bullying uh well i I don't remember what it's what it's called but that that yeah reverse yeah did you start that before you moved
2: yeah it was um it was started probably like four years before i moved out here uh my old band um was on a, a big show and we had received a lot of unnecessary backlash from people, you know, just comments on the internet. Hey, you know, you suck, you should kill yourself, that type of thing. Um, so we thought, you know, maybe we should put this into like a program for for kids and schools to show them that every level of person and every, you know, field gets bullied so we wanted to be able to connect with kids on a personal level but also be able to show them no matter you know where you are in life those people exist and how you should handle those situations so we put together a small bullying suicide prevention program did it in a few local schools uh in new jersey and new york and then um this agency reached out to us and said hey do you guys like want to really do this over the next nine months so for four years. We did 700 shows in that four years. Wow. Um, sometimes we were doing four shows a day wow. and it was just like, three were four of us bringing the equipment, setting up, playing, breaking down. We did things where we were up at like six in the morning to get to a school to work with the kids. And then we do two or three shows then play at a bar from 10 PM to 2 AM and then do the whole thing over again. <laughs> um, so it, it beat us up quite a bit, just exhaustion. And then, um, we were fortunate enough, Warp Tour had us a part of it as one of their nonprofits. And then at that point, we that it was, it was right when we moved. We did Warp Tour, we had our own tour, we did the bullying program, and all that together was just like, we need a break. Um, and then that was around right when we decided also to dissolve the former band. Uh, the other two guys got jobs. I had like a part time job for a while and then was like, I can't I can't not do music. So I liked it, though, because when I started the Wildfires Project, I was not necessarily more mature as a person, but more mature in my ideas and the things that I wanted to write about. Um, And after experiencing the whole bullying program and things like that, it kind of refocused exactly what at least content wise the song should be about. There is some variance, you know. There are some things that are more on the pop end. There's some things um, that are super heavy, but the content is always the. I don't want to say the same because it's different songs, but in that line of what I've decided to write about, right? Mm-hmm. What does it say? I'm not sorry, but
0: without Kiss, you wouldn't have all the bands we have oh. with no with large shows like Manson.
2: Sorry, I was just trying to read that. I saw Manson once, and I kind of got—I wasn't even. So I went to Not Fest, and it was supposed to be what I thought was Marilyn Manson and Slipknot, mm-hmm. and Slipknot apparently wasn't playing Not Fest in California, so I ended up seeing Rob Zombie. Um, but the Marilyn Manson performance it was right when he like injured himself, so he was in a, that weird wheelchair thing the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of an awkward show, um, but Rob Zombie crushed it. Like, That's an artist I would never would have thought to buy a ticket to just because I only listened to a few songs. And after I saw that show, I was like, oh, my God. There's a reason that he's Rob Zombie. Right. He was one of the best yeah. shows I've seen in my entire life.
0: I've seen him three times, and he's never let me down. It's always been yeah. a good show. Yep. Actually, I, have, have you done shows
2: uh, in Kansas City before? We did... We were there for a show for some reason and it wasn't like a regular show so I, I don't remember it quite Warp Tours but I know before. we have played in Kansas City. Mm. I believe on the Missouri side though, not the Kansas side. Okay.
0: And yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of venues here.
2: I want to say actually I have a schedule pulled up right now. We might be there in January. Ooh. Uh, yeah, cuz we're we're, doing a, we're booking a tour. Oh yeah. It looks like we're gonna have a show at the Record Bar. Oh yeah, I know where that is. In January, so there you go. I would uh, guess the we'll tour is still then. in like the full confirmation <laughs> phase, but that one has a green check next to it on our list, so that seems pretty likely. <laughs> awesome!
1: I, I, I can assume person. you're coming through my city.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be January 29th.
1: You got it. I'll be there. <laughs> I assume so. <laughs> that, that'll be three years in a row. That will that's be. That's oh, so, no, no,
2: well, not but, in a row yeah.
1: because yeah, no, so 2020 and then not 2021.
2: No, three, three touring years in a row because you know the whole government and COVID. Oh, that's true. Us January. Years. Okay, yeah, yeah. Saw us, then we couldn't play for two, and then you saw us right on our pickup. Yep, <laughs> I
1: saw you 2020 in February, December 2021, and then this year I haven't, but I will see you January 2023.
2: Perfect,
0: got it. Deal. i will i will uh definitely be there so we can meet up so. it's a,
1: he puts on a great show man i've got I'm some sure. uh, some of my favorite photos actually are of this man from both performances like <laughs> thank
2: you thank you yeah
1: i was just so so sick he- i love that and, and just you know that's a thing too like a lot of artists like don't have their own media team right mm-hmm. and so they're relying on the promoters and yeah. the actual venue to capture photos but the thing is photographers in the industry, they don't have to give the photos to the bands, no. right? They're paid to take photos. for. But for me, I'm just like, I'm here because I love music and I love like you giving yeah. me this experience. So like, let me give it back okay. to you. So I truly appreciate you always giving me a shout
2: out. If they're doing it for a press outlet, you know, their person hiring yeah. them is not you. It is the media outlet that is sending them there. Um mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but it, you know, it's it's always good just having so many different people involved in media in one room, um, and it all helps each other. You know, you put on a good show, they get good content, they get good content, they promote your good show, right? For sure.
0: That's 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 yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, and, and it's all about exposure and meeting people. And and it, I I mean, if you don't have the voice for it and you're just not a social person, then you know I, I get it, but yeah. When COVID hit, that's when I started this because I just, you know, I love talking to people and yep. and honestly, it was just for jokes and I did a couple by myself and then somebody said, "Hey, have guests on." And then I I, I was
2: addicted. <laughs> hey. Well, and well, here we are, so it seems to be going well. Yeah.
1: Ironically for me, my first concert that I photographed was when I met you in 2020. Nice. Um uh, when you guys opened with with um red there's, jumpsuit but then jump the food. next one i had scheduled was right after covid shut everything down like i'm like i get one you give me yeah. like this awesome part of my life and i just loved it so much that I, like i get to stand on stage with these guys and it was like a sold out show at the metro so you know like, it, was, it was it was the like, same thing oh, for
2: us too because nothing. um i started because your album just demand. came out right what's up your album I mean, came
1: out in 2020.
2: Yes, yeah, so that was that was it. We finally got like what I would consider a break. You know, Ronnie from the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. We'd worked together on the show. Called me up. Was like, "Hey, do you want to do a record together?" And I was like, "Absolutely!" Finally, someone in this industry believes in me. We did the record. He's like, "Hey, you want to go on tour?" I'm like, "Absolutely!" Finally, someone in this industry believes in me. We're on tour for like two weeks. COVID shuts the damn thing down. So I was like, "All right, what the hell is this about?" You know, <laughs> but we made it through. So that's good. So you talk about
0: touring a lot. Has there been an experience where there you toured with a band that you just didn't get along with?
2: There hasn't been any experiences touring with bands I didn't get along with. Luckily, all the bands we've been on the road like a full tour. Um, were always great. A lot of fun, you know, dead American. I Set to kill red jumpsuit. They're all great people outside of their performer, uh, mm-hmm. performance back. I'd say on the East coast, you know, there were some like small band rivalries we had with, you know, other yeah. bands that were just local. I don't think much, any of them are doing anything now. This was a long time ago, but mm-hmm. yeah, we always tried to keep it cool though. We, yeah. we never, we never initiated anything. Um, but we were there if somebody did so. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, so so you have
0: wildfires project. You also have um, sounds of the underground, correct? Yes. And, and was, did you start sounds of the underground or did you partner with somebody? How'd that come, come about?
2: Um, so I was working at a sketchy production house in LA. Oh. Um, good, good start yeah, to your story. I <laughs> didn't know they were sketchy at first, but they were sketchy. Okay. Um, And when I was working there, I was thinking about, you know, the music industry and how much I really wanted to, you know, I wanted my band to be successful, but there's so many people blocking that from happening, um, in all levels of music. So I figured, okay, I have to do this on my own. I'm working at a production company. There's some way I can make these things meet and also help other artists who are being gatekept. Um, so I had the idea, ran it past the coworker. He's like, this is a great idea. Absolutely. Do not give it to the company. I'm like, all right, that's not helpful. Uh, he's, he was saying, and he was right. He's like, they'll ruin it. They'll take apart what you're trying to do and it won't be that anymore. So I started talking to the people who were working with CBS and all that. And I kind of got this idea out and how I could possibly do it. And, the moment I, I i was actually at work making like calls in my spare time like hey you know do you want to be on the show and i would email like august burns red and all these people I'm like hey i'm trying to do something do you want to be a part of it and 99 mm-hmm. of people said yes then one day the person who was my direct boss at the work really pissed me off shot out an email to the whole company said hey this company sucks i'm quitting i'm doing this <laughs> left that day um which was the worst way I've ever quit a job but at the same time it was just such a bad environment mm-hmm. like they didn't I could I couldn't wait 2 weeks after making that decision I just need to get out <laughs> um so I started it some friends and family helped me out with the funds to do it and we built the show and we're we're still building it but it keeps getting better and better mm-hmm. and you know Netflix is going to buy it. They're going to buy it. It's going to happen. It's happening. I want I mean, to sell to a streaming service, but still be in charge it. of creative control to keep the show how it should be. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. That's well, awesome.
1: I mean, there, there's some new stuff coming out in the woodworks for sure. Next year for streaming services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I you definitely know, feel you got a chance there. For I
0: was talking to Jesse yesterday about uh, the VR, like the Oculus. Um, yeah. Well, it's not as meta now, but, they have something called horizons and, and all these people can just meet up and there's like comedy sh- shows. There's live. You can see Like yesterday they were streaming death cap for cutie live in in a room. And I was like, wow. man, I, I, I want to turn JG's lounge into like this mm-hmm. online venue and yep. do something like that as
2: well. So, I mean, I remember it was, I want to say it was 2015. Um, we were working on a record with a guy, Matt Squire, who, he like produced the first panic of the disco record and he's produced a ton of stuff since then. Yeah. And he had asked us, he was like, Hey, what do you think about virtual concerts? And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, people just like hanging out with VR, watching the artists from their living room. And I was like, I guess that sounds cool. He's like, I think this is going to be big. I just invested in it That's- and look at where we are. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, then the movie Ready, Ready Player One came out a couple years ago mm-hmm. and everybody's like, There's no way, and then that's kind of what we're doing now.
2: Yep. Oh, and my so, and then
1: COVID
0: COVID yeah,
1: started it. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm.
2: It's it's great because there's more opportunities for people to see bands, but it's also bad because if less people go to shows, they're not gonna do shows and it's just it's different being there in person. You know, and watching on a screen, and we need enough people to remember that, which post-COVID, it seems like people are excited as hell, which is great. I mean, when we were young, he's doing amazing things right now. Mm. Um, that festival in Vegas. But um yeah, it's cool, but I wouldn't want to live in a world where there wasn't actual live music. Agreed. Same because you know, artist perspective. Mm. And for the an artist performs better no matter what when there's people in the room. So you can give a great show over the internet, but you can give a 10 times better show in person. The experience behind
0: it too, you know, just-
2: yeah. And you're there with so many people you're singing along, you know, you're having a beer, whatever you drink, you know, it's different. One- I mean, granted the beer is like 16 bucks now. So I suggest drinking <laughs> beforehand. This <laughs>
1: oh, yes. is expensive.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm, my first show was, a uh, I I saw site, Cy- my, my very first concert, Cypress Hill and slightly stupid. <laughs> and it was outdoors it was outdoors in like this gated venue and i mean it was jam packed shoulder to shoulder 110 degrees outside muggy i mean you could even if you didn't smoke weed you were high i mean even the officers were high i mean everything was just there's just weed everywhere i mean they were passing it out on stage but i mean just that experience like the, the
2: being yeah. there and being in that crowd is, is you can't get that online it's it's funny you mentioned them passing things out now <laughs> Cur- controversial concert. When I was yep. in high school, I saw the biggest butt rock show, which was Nickelback, uh, Three Days Grace, and Breaking Benjamin. Oh, but there gosh. was a point in the concert where Nickelback just had people bring out trays of beer and just hand them out to the audience. <laughs>
0: That's I'm awesome. Like, right.
2: And it, at oh, that time, like Limewire was huge, and they're like, "All right, how many of you people just ripped the record and didn't pay for it?" And like everyone rose their hands and they're like, "We don't fucking care. You're here." I'm like, This is a great time. <laughs> I was like, I ripped it. Uh, Daniel
0: says it's a uh, it's it's hard to sell merch too without the shows.
2: You know, it is because the internet is so saturated with things and so many options to buy. If someone goes to a show, there's three, four, five bands they could pick from. If mm-hmm. they're online shopping, there's every band, every just regular clothing store. Right. Um, so yeah, that is. A huge part of making money for bands is the merch, and that's on the road. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat>
0: how did the Wildfires project become a thing? Like the name, the concept?
2: Yeah. So, it, it all stems from mental health. So, when I first started working on the music, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. Uh, I had a buddy who was like, Hey, I'm getting into recording. Let's try something. And when we were, um, working i was like all right we need a a name for this thing and i was thinking about it for a while and and wildfires came to my mind and i was like you know what that works because for someone with mental illness you know the smallest thing the small spark could start a wildfire in their mind and at that time i was struggling with a lot of anxiety issues so i was like all right cool wildfires that's what it's gonna be did my research online there was already like a couple small local bands with that name so i was like all right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that um So I was like, all right, what else can I do? I have this music and I'm also doing, you know, the anti-bullying thing. So it's a lot more than just a band. So I was like, oh, cool. You know, maybe something like Project Wildfires or something like that. And that was a wildfire relief fund. And then I was like, all right, let's switch it up. Let's do (laughs) Wildfires Project. And I was like, all right, that works, but I can't get that username so I was like, "All right, what if I just pull Lincoln Park, change the C in Project to a K, and nailed <laughs> everything?" So it was—it was a long little process, but that's how we got to where we are.
0: See, it's always nice to hear the story on how the name came.
2: Yeah, thing.
1: I think that's like one of the hardest parts, like for DJs, even like figuring out what what is my name going to be. Like, yeah, it
2: sticks with you for the rest. Of, I mean, unless you're like Jefferson Starship and Jefferson Airplane, your name is—you're stuck with it. I mean, right. who the hell thought of the bubble oh. surfers? Was that like, uh, yeah, that's kind of, they made it. the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With my was name, it, it was
1: it, given to me 12 years ago. And I, I was mean, wasn't,
0: like, oh. wasn't Foo Fighters the same thing? Like it was just meant to be funny and then they just, it just, yep. Started. They didn't, I'm pretty sure he does not like the name anymore. Yes.
2: Mm, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> so uh, you blow up with it, man. You just got to go with it.
2: <laughs> well, fun, uh, name story is the bare naked ladies. So before they were the big bare naked ladies, they were called free beer. So when they would play at bars, it would say free beer Thursday night. That's brilliant. And then they switched it to bare naked ladies, which was bare naked ladies. Friday night. Same thing. Yep. So they (laughs) marketing. Marketing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. I never even thought about that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so Daniel's a, a good, he's a good friend of mine and he does a, he's a spirit medium. Uh, he nice. also has a show called beyond the veil. Um, so yeah, I want to throw that in there. Um, so we have a couple songs, bro. Figgy, did you actually get a little clip? I,
1: I tried to, but I couldn't figure it out. I, did it, I, did but it I know you. that you did because <laughs> you know, sometimes I have technical difficulties. Apparently yeah. I'm still having some with the internet, which was happened last time, but that wasn't it's me it this art yeah
0: so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna play his first and i'm not gonna say the title of it we'll talk about it after i play the clip all right sounds good sounds good all right let me uh this is gonna take me just a second here I all like right it. share the screen here we go it should pop right up here That was one
2: of my
1: favorites. <laughs>
0: Okay, that's actually the one I did. Sorry, Brofiki. It's okay. I was like, <laughs>
1: wait a minute. What? 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 Huh? That was the one you chose.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh that song though, that's a that is a fantastic
2: song. Yes, yeah, so that was like a kind of a sleeper <laughs> song. We were writing the record and then um uh, the writer and producer or co-writer and producer who happens to be John from red jumpsuit. We live in the same town. So we write a lot. Mm -hmm. He had went away on a tour with jumpsuit and I was like, this song is great. I have to figure it out. So it was like a last, it was like the last song we finished for the record. It's called in the calm. Mm -hmm. Um, We definitely experimented a little bit more with different sound textures in this one. Um, And bouncing pop. And then obviously, you know, the heavy screams in the middle. Um, This song is became our favorite on the road. It was the one that all the bands we were touring with just kept singing night after night on tour. And that's actually why we didn't release this song until after. So we toured in December. You were there. The song got released in February following it. And it was the last one we did a music video to specifically because of how every person reacted on the tour. It wasn't going to be the next single, but it was because of that. And that was actually cool. We never did a tour before the album came out. And it was nice to see reactions to choose which songs we really should promote to people. There's gotta be some
0: sort of like, obviously you love when the, when the crowd sings the songs, but if, If there's another
2: band singing your music, that's got to be a whole nother like that was cool. You know, when John told me the guys on the jumpsuit bus were just singing the chorus, me and uh, so the guitarist is my buddy, Steve. Um, That is my brother in the music video, but we looked at each other and we were like, all right, this is freaking cool. Um, So yeah, that was like one of those experiences. You're just like, doesn't seem like much, but it means a lot.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, do you is there issues? Because I've heard from artists before that when they're shooting the videos, there's almost like a time delay between the actual singing and the audio lapse. Like when they're actually this.
2: filming, filming, or
0: when they yes, it together. when they're filming it. So like when you
2: have to play the instruments and stuff, sometimes yeah. it's off key. We bring extremely loud speakers, um, so <laughs> we hear. It's actually, you know, when we were filming that, so the studio we were in, there's a bunch of studios in there, and online it says, you know, we can't be sure that your studio is going to be quiet when there's another studio, that type of thing. Someone went to film in the next studio over, and they left, like, after an hour because we were so loud, and the studio couldn't kick us out because we had already paid for the time. They already knew we were doing a full band thing, so it was loud, um, and there's parts in that where it's raining, and then we had to hear through the water, and then the drums are as loud as they can be in a big warehouse. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it, well, it, how fun that that had. a picture so we can fun. see. Yeah, although sometimes I do screw up my words, so I have to go back and tell the editor, like, "Hey, you edited these parts together right?" But I'm not saying those words. So can we pull it from a different take? <laughs>
0: Yeah, the overlaying and the editing on that has to be, like, very tedious.
2: I'm sure it is. That's why I don't do it. (laughs) Uh, But, no, the guy who does all our videos now, uh, he's done every single one except for one. His name's Sean Sweetman. I'll give him a shout-out. He also does the show with me. Um, Fantastic guy. Very, very talented. Mm -hmm. There's one music video I did edit myself, and it was a... So we have a song called Wasting Time. Mm -hmm. We released, like the worst quality Step Brothers inspired music video for it. And the reason we even did it is because we filmed the video at this studio that had a rain room. It's, the video no longer up. I didn't like it, so I took it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was in a rain room. And when we were there, there was this black mold like under the like everywhere and they like smelled and I wrote them a thing and I said, hey, you know, you should probably clean your room. Um, so they gave us like two free hours at a studio space. We're like, all right, we got 50 bucks, a camera. Let's go buy Step Brothers costumes at Spirit Halloween. Get this <laughs> shitty camera in this room, two hours, just make something. Um, So the quality of actual video is bad, but the somewhat story in it is fantastic. If you're fan of Step Brothers, there are so many Easter eggs in it. I mean, the very... <laughs> It's, you know, it says prestige worldwide is the person who presents it. And then <laughs> we're drinking blue Powerade in the beginning. And there's one part where there's like a toy helicopter flying around like the Catalina wine mixer. Oh, that's and, fine. And there's a part where my brother like walks behind with a small dinosaur because the dad always talks about how he lost his dinosaur. Yeah. Um, so it's just like all that shit. And it was fun. Um, but that also just goes to show you don't need a big budget to make something people enjoy. You know yeah yeah
0: what was the reaction to that like the audience reaction to that
2: <laughs> i remember um john my my buddy and producer called me up and he was like what the fuck dude like it's such a serious song you just made this ridiculous video to it <laughs> but he loved it at the same time so <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's the reaction dude. i wanted
0: that's that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh, ridiculously funny you're always going to remember this but then you take yeah. it down the, the stories behind behind everything is always yeah. so amazing <laughs> almost always yes
2: <laughs> all right let's well, get let's into get on COVID. we can only have like four people in a room at a time according to the studio one of them we like had to sneak someone in like we all went in as a crowd then like one less person came out and then came back in with another person <laughs> but like we were just like one extra person i remember there was a studio next to us this band or this rap group brought in like 20 people and the guy's like yeah these people aren't allowed they're like what do you mean they're not allowed and he's like yeah you can't have that many people in this building so <laughs> at least we were just like chill about it
0: yeah exactly you know it's when i was
2: 19 i was the
1: garbage can we'll roll him in no one will know <laughs> yep. i but was this going this is a prop that was,
2: was my fiance the at the time. What is she going to give me COVID? No.
0: <laughs> when I was 19, I went to a hole in the wall bar and it was an old man that owned it. And he knew I was underage, but he's like, Well, you don't cause any problems. <laughs> 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 so all new, you know, uh, what happens
1: in Kansas. Right. You know, Kansas.
0: Right. Hey, it was actually a lounge. It was called Chango's Lounge, and it's still there.
2: <laughs> I feel like it's a little easier to get away with stuff like that in the middle of the country than if you're in like L.A. or New York. Oh, like I'm sure locked down. They're yeah. all over it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all
0: right, so I, I accidentally stole your your uh, spotlight on that video. So here's, here is Brofiki's. Let's see here. Let's see if I can get it to pop right up here.
1: I knew I got
0: from me to didn't care about the cameras. Yeah, i came to Hollywood. Guess you wanted to write it on. This record should be crushing, but he said they're doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> a little
1: does he know The stars are building gone He's never letting me go So holding on to
0: I'm trying to keep the short clips. I don't want any, I people really don't to see, go see the whole song. So
2: you're good. <laughs> um, So yeah, that's paradise. Um, We got another artist say we can fly to do a, a feature on that. Who's that's who you're hearing during that specific verse before the chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually why a lot of those scenes, you can't really see what the musicians are doing because I thought it would be disrespectful to sing his parts in the music video when it was mm-hmm. his voice. Right. Um, But that actually that video has a lot of interesting stuff like that. So in all the music videos for this band, while I'm technically the only real member, they always have my friend Steve playing guitar and my brother playing drums. Mm -hmm. For this specific video, my brother was not able to make it to the studio. So for somewhat consistency purposes, um, I actually had those white masks for like three years. I was like, I want to do something cool in a music video. I got these masks, which never (laughs) used. And when my brother couldn't make it, I was like, "This is the time. I'll make them wear masks so no one knows he's missing." Oh, that's fine. I didn't want people to see a different drummer and go, "Okay, what happened to the other guy?" Mm-hmm. Even though you know, not official members just play when they can. From a most people listening to music don't know the whole story of a band. Yeah. So if they saw people right. changing, it wouldn't look right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why the masks are in there and. The dancer is also my wife's cousin. Mm -hmm. Um, So it all just kind of came together at this random spot in the grossest area of the darts district in LA. Um, And it's about being in Hollywood and losing your dreams and everyone who just gets trapped here. And it worked out flawlessly that there was a strip club next to the studio and we had planned to have someone dancing in the video so there's a scene in there, which is kind of around what you showed, where we just filmed her literally outside of the strip club and zoomed in on the, sh- you know, where it says showgirls. Yes. And it was just like, this couldn't be more flawless. And I was like, Hey, sorry, Caitlin. I made your cousin a stripper, but this worked out beautifully. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, he said, do you have a bass player uh, in the band? on so your bass tracks.
2: They're they're is no live bass player. And that is because in all my years of touring, the bass player has always been the person to leave. In my old band, we went Whoa. through eight bass players, but like it was always just the bass player. Uh-huh. So when I started this band, I was like, you know what? It it was just me and my brother at first. And then I was like, I don't think I want to bring on a bass player. Cause that was just trauma from the last band. Trying yeah. to. And the bass Having it tracked, what I like about it is it makes sure the rhythm is always on point. Um, so no matter what, it's it's always just locked in with the drummer. And that's the most important thing. Um, and then, you know, when you're playing a lot of more punk stuff, when you're trying to get people who aren't as experienced, jumping around and having fun is great. But it's hard to lock in if you're not experienced doing both. Okay um
1: that that's the main reason i had to learn to play bass for my friends because they didn't have a bass player and i didn't know how to play anything and they're like just strum these two things and every eight seconds well we had a bass
2: player pass out on stage once we were doing like a seven day uh residency at this bar in florida and um he passed out on stage and we're like oh shit so, I played bass and then the other guy played guitar. So, we lost the guitar player. So, that's one of the things that's nice. We do have multiple types of tracks. We have ones that are yeah. set up for if there's two people playing, three people playing, four people playing. Okay. Whatever happens that night, we can cover it. Oh, that's a good
1: idea. That is good. So, you have your basses covered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> hey, I got dad jokes, man. Just let him oh, hear yeah. it be. Just give it to me. All right. I thought that was good. It's,
0: it's, it's the, (laughs) it's funny because like the repetition, like obviously all artists are different, but like we had Jeremy from earth groans on and he was like a solo project and he brought his own crew in uh, whenever he toured and stuff like that. But every, like he wrote all the songs, and everything in the studio. And then whenever he did tours, he just hired people. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. And generally I always like to stick with my friends. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I know they like doing it and they want to do it. It's just they're not at a point where they, you know, they have families. They can't just quit a job until it's making, you know, big, big money. Uh-huh. So I understand that. And, I, you know, I just accommodate them however I can because it's just more fun for me that way. Uh-huh. You know, I'd rather be with my friends than a hired gun.
0: Yeah. Somebody you don't really know.
2: Yeah. Because <laughs> you yeah. share sharing hotel room. Well, so you're staying so in, bed in bed with someone you don't know.
0: The tick.
2: What's up?
1: John Espy played drums for three sets the yeah. night that he came through Utah. And I'm just like, do you need water? John Mom, Espy was our food? drummer like, on, You literally played yes. three back-to-back sets. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. So sometimes, like, you rely on your friends you're touring with to kind of, like, step in. And I'm
2: like, "So you're I mean, amazing John wrote and crazy. Wrote with me. <laughs> so John wrote all the songs to me. We were going on tour with his band. And he was like, dude, instead of hiring someone, why don't you just, like – Give me a couple bucks and I'll be your drummer. I know everything because we wrote it. And I was like, "That's a great idea." That's what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah, Um, sometimes
1: you just gotta like fill in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you gotta pay
2: your friends too. You can't expect people to work for free, right? Um, so
0: where are you at now? Like, you're getting ready to do another tour. Mm -hmm. Your 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 Season Four is coming out of Sounds of the Underground.
2: We aired two episodes, or maybe three. I'm so like so many dates in my head right now. We have another one coming out this Thursday with Maggie Lindman, an artist, heart of gold. Who's from a band being as an ocean. There's a band, blood, honey and hillblocks view, which are great. Mm -hmm. Um, And then while that's going on, I'm planning the tour. That's going to be in January and somehow have to fit in writing music in between all that. (laughs) So it's called being able to multitask. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You got to live in the stress.
1: Did you say being as an ocean?
2: Yeah. So um, their member Michael has an, a project now called Heart of Gold. So it's, it's a pop-oriented project. So um, yeah, he's on this episode, and he's actually going to be on the tour, which we haven't officially announced yet. So oh, awesome! It's gonna be a really cool lineup. So i
1: I actually bought a shirt of their of like the. They came through the metro and played, mm. and it's been my favorite shirt, and I lost it. And it was wow. like the the skull with like the orange flowers. I'm like this is the coolest shirt, and I like never even heard of these guys. I'm Like these guys are pretty good,
2: but yeah, I've yeah, I never
1: mean, heard of it. And then, yeah, I'm like, this is a great, this is a great shirt. It was too small yeah. for me. It was they only had a medium. I'm like, I'm gonna make it work.
2: I just had a, <laughs> a census fail concert once. Uh, I was like, right. it's too small. I'm gonna make it work. I'm still in shape at this age. I don't <laughs> care if it's tight. Now, mm-mm. I still <laughs> have the shirt. And it's now two nope, sizes. Too yep, yep. Yep.
0: I wear XLs and two XLs. I love <laughs> <skill>. Yeah, it's-
2: <laughs> The main problem is like, I have broad shoulders. So like button down shirts, I'll get mm. one that fits, but then I can't like lift. and I'm not okay. muscular in any way, shape or form, but
0: just the broad just, I gotta shoulders. Get bigger yeah. Clothes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So as we get to the point where we're wrapping up, Jesse, you, you have any questions that you want, wanted to ask?
1: Yeah. My favorite question to ask is as you're on tour, in the last couple of tours, where do you look forward to going to the most? Like what venue and your favorite food on tour, like favorite restaurant. Where do you, what do you look forward to? Favorite venue, favorite food?
2: All right. So my favorite venue since I've started this project. Um honestly, one of them is Salt Lake, uh, the Metro Music Hall. That place is awesome. Really? Um, and it the is sound awesome. is amazing. Yeah,
1: that's my baby.
2: The sound is always spot on. He what's his name's Brian, right? Or you might yeah, you probably see so many sound guys, but yeah, he's phenomenal. Uh, and always yep, great to Brian work and, with. Then and, and then um it closed down. I don't know if it had to do with COVID. It may have closed down a little before then. There's this venue Cicero's in St. Louis, and the reason we loved them so much is they were just so chill about everything. Like we would come through the city and be like, hey, we want to do a show. And they're like, cool, man. If you just want to like give us 200 bucks, you can put the show together, put whoever you want on, set the ticket price, keep all the money, and we'll give you pizza. I'm like, absolutely. So we were always like, all right, yeah. we're going to St. Louis. We're actually going to make some money and eat some pizza. Uh,
0: <laughs>
2: I think, though, all crowds are great across the board. The thing I've noticed about the Midwest compared to the coasts is because there's not as much for people to do in the Midwest compared to LA, New York, more people are driven to go see new music. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have as much competition to deal with, with everything else going on on a Friday night.
0: Yeah. That's, that's hundred percent true. Yeah. There, it's, you know, Kansas City's fl- you know, there's flat in every direction and there's, you got lakes. That's about it. Okay. You know?
2: <laughs> yeah. And of course, like, you know, SLC is a city, but when you look at like size comparisons to the big cities, it's just mm. like that big.
0: <laughs> it's Yeah, dri- you know, I've driven through Salt Lake many times. It's, it's a decent sized city, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, and Kansas City it, is two major cities. Yeah.
2: And that's so. the other thing. Like, you know, LA is a big city, but then you also have Anaheim that's not far away. San Diego is not that far away. You know, so oh, there's just so much. You have Disney right there. Right, universal six mm-hmm. flags like people have shit to do,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But now well, they always come out to the Midwest, at least. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I-, I will be there January. I, I plan on it. Jan- you said January January 9th or January 27th. Uh,
2: it is the 23rd. I'll send a note, <laughs> please. Please do.
1: <laughs> I'm like, maybe I'll just jump in your van for a week. Yeah, just feed me. I'm pretty. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a dream of mine yeah, to tour fives. with a band for like a week or two, right? You have. Or I'll take it. Too. I'll. Be, I'll even feed myself. <laughs> just, just, let me. Just. All right, paid in high fives.
2: <laughs> I
1: get paid in high fives and, and the experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go
2: to my merch. We'll pay you in high fives. There you so go. Your margin on that would be great. I'll sell the merch and take photos. Let's do it. There I'll go, go <laughs> with you for a week. We'll give Fall you a cut. We'll give you a tip jar. You can put something funny on it, like just a tip or whatever. Like, uh,
1: just, just, you guys want to meet, you know,
2: She <laughs> just blanked out that whole time. <laughs> whatever yeah. you're saying, you're
1: oh man. No, I was, oh man. It's all
2: right. Moments passed. It, it
0: was still so funny. <laughs> well, John, I, I really want to say thank you for coming on today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Cause I know I did.
2: Oh, I did. Trust me. If I didn't, I would not have spent this much time. I'm waiting I the day for somebody just, Thank you so much. just pop like I'm waiting to d- sorry guys, I'm out.
0: <laughs> I'm waiting for the day for that to happen, just somebody just bored and they just click leave. They're like
2: eh, <laughs> nope. Done. Well, thanks Bye. for having me though. I appreciate yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Hey, and let's of course let's keep in touch. Um, you know, it's uh, this is all about just ex- ex- meeting new people and yeah. new bands, big and small. So, um you, you know, you have any friends you want to send our way, you know, we'd be more than happy to here. have them on.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. And anyone watching just wildfires project is the tag on everything. And Uh let me know if you enjoy it and check it out.
0: Yeah. You're just, I'll put all of your links in the, in the description and everything later. So we sure
2: will. And then we'll promote this for you too. Of course. Thank you very much. Well, I will see you guys later then.
0: Yeah, you too. Everybody have a wonderful night. (laughs) Peace.